politically correct. I don't think we should kick off soon. Where's, where's Hammy? Uh, he's having a wee. Oh, I'm playing the theme too. Doctor Who. Yeah. With me going woo-woo over the top of it. <laughs> we Welcome we to another 14 words. Do you like the we spooky woo-woo. intro? Yep. With the, it's it's going to get woo. It's going to get... It's going to get woo-woo. It's going to get wee. And we're live. Hey. Yep. Like, half, like half the people on the Titanic. Oh. Uh-huh. Too soon. Jesus Christ! It was only like two hundred years ago. Jesus, talk about insensitive. Today we've got the Rendlesham Forest incident, so we'll cover that. I, I, I actually titled the show the Rendlesham Forest slash RAF Woodbridge incident because it's also because it happened. Uh, it, is it RAF yeah, Woodbridge? That's not far isn't it? That's right. Yes, RAF yeah. Woodbridge, Rendlesham yeah. Forest. That's not far from me, is it? That's a uh, Ipswich way. Yes, yes, Ipswich. Yeah. You could go and have a look. Go and have a look. Visit the site and see where it all happened. I've been to yeah, RAF Woodbridge before. I did a job there. Yeah. Cool. Mm. I've been to Woodbridge, just never to the uh, RAF base. Yeah, so so now you know where you know you know where Rendlesham Forest is. Uh, yeah, Nordic. I think the base has been destroyed these days. The base is no longer there, so it's been locked there. It's probably flat. So. Uh, I don't know something. It's but um, I think I was there about nine years ago. Eight nine years ago. Did you experience anything unusual? No, I couldn't find I couldn't find the thing I was there to go and do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I get I always get it mixed up with. Um, I'll say it again because I was telling you beforehand. But there's there's an incident in 1871. There was a farmer called Robert, Robert William William Robert Loosely. Um, said he saw a light, saw a light like a star. Then he went out into the into the forest behind his house and found like an 18, 18 inch tall robot thing which shot blue light into his eyes. Oh. And then he married his sister. Yeah. <laughs> Farmers are like all inbred. Beard boys down on the farm. Yeah. We're not going to deal with farmers tonight. We're going to look at um, qualified US airmen, so reliable witnesses who actually um, were involved in the encounter. And uh, that's what we're going to do. So um, we can kick off. And uh, if you want to put the first slide up, Hemi, we can oh, have a look. Before we start, I've just Again. seen some extremely okay. 14. Uh, 14 on Twitter. Do you, do you remember. Um, do, are you a fan of the. Uh, Sopranos, Ian. 
Do you remember that um, one? Not really, no. I well, well, there was an episode where his mum died and they had to fill in with something, so they did this really awfully bad CGI that's, like, really, really bad. And it looked yeah. horrific. Yeah, so it was extremely 14. So he didn't fall for it. No. Uh, right, so, hold on one sec. Let me sort a few things out. Share screen. Let's go with the first slide. So you can see what's up. I'll share my OBS window. So if you click on the, you'll see in the corner, it will say um, around me, it will say live. If you click on that, it should show you what I'm seeing. What I'm what I'm seeing. That's a lot of stuff in your OBS. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So what we'll do? Step into the unknown tonight, and what we'll do, we'll investigate the Rendlesham incident. 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 Ooh. 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 Yeah, let's let's get into this then. Let's 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 do it. Eh? Rendlesham Forest. So this is a large wooded uh, area of woodland located in Suffolk in the United Kingdom. It's a popular area to for walkers, cyclists, families days out, and also cottaging as well. So. A various, uh, a varied um, sort of people go to this area for their uh, enjoyment. Uh, trust 19... you to get a cottage in there. <laughs> it does happen there, uh, cruising, um, that kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. So, 1943, RAF Woodbridge, a Royal Air Force, Air Force station, was constructed near this location. It was used to prepare planes to bomb the Germans. So, uh, we all like to do that, don't we? So, so that's what we've got. Let's have a look at the next picture, and we'll have a look at the base and see what the base looks like. And, uh, and there we go. That's what that's what it is. After the Cold War, it the looks base a bit was still used, doesn't it? Well, there's a lot of top secret stuff going on there, so they've got to sort of give that kind of that kind of impression. So, after the war, the base was still used by the MOD, uh, getting involved with the Cold War another top secret shit like that so let's look at the mod or the mod let's have a look let's look at the the mod the next uh, the next slide there <laughs> let's go to park life we are the mods. yeah we are the mods we are the mods that's the mod we are that's the mod that's the proper mod yeah we've had our fun so that's the proper mod in london the mod headquarters so that's what uh, it all goes on a lot of top secret stuff goes on there and that kind of stuff. When did they rebrand from uh, Ministry of War to uh, Ministry of Defence? Uh, 1984, that was. So. Oh, yeah. That was an interesting yeah, that, year, that was. was. Frankie Goes to Hollywood, The Mullet, and uh, The Rubik Cube. Terminator. Mm. Uh, Peter Kay gets a lot of material from 1984 for his act, so. So, because of the Cold War, the base was made available to the United States Air Force in 1952. Because America, because Britain was up America's arse, so they just give them what they want. So, um, strip one. Yeah, yeah, they love America. So, before we continue, then let's get a feel for the American military. And uh, Hemi, if you could look at clip one, we'll just look at what sort of thing um, uh, goes on in the American military. This kind of thing. So this is going. Uh, why is it spooky? Oh, no, that's cool. Interact. Spooky. Right. And we that full screen. 
Here we go. And we're off. Max and Perry are a pair of high school misfits and proud of it. They've majored in minor mayhem and major chaos, but this time they've gone too far. And so I am sentencing you, Maxwell Mendelssohn, and you, Percival Barnett, can make to the old school school year year at the Kirkland Military Academy. Like it or not, <laughs> oh, can you not hear it? Military school. <laughs> no, well, I'm just imagining what they're saying. Yeah. And Combat Academy will never be the same. From Neil Israel, who brought you Bachelor Party and Police Academy, comes the outrageous new comedy that takes the offensive position Good Lord, that bloke's loud. ...and declares war on order. Oh, I've been cream pied all over yet again. It's all fun and games in the, uh, in the army. He's out of Christine, he's the kid that buys the car. You can sail the seven seas, not in the army. You can be who you want to be. No, you can't. The heroism of John Wayne. I'm getting out of Dodge and I'm taking the marshal. Yeah, we're going to start talking about the Navy. In the Navy. That's it, it's in the Navy. And the macho of John Cobra Rambo. You're the disease and the cure. Not to mention good old Kiss my ass. Oh, I'm not gonna kiss your ass. Why is it? Ooh, that's not cocaine. You give America me cocaine again. It's a love story. Yeah, so there should be sound on this, but it doesn't matter. So we, can get a, we can get a vibe for what's going on. Burning, burning down the house is the uh, music they're using in this. Yeah. <laughs> Wally Ward as Perry, Classic. also starring Robert Culp, Richard Moore, Dana Hill. Well, the army's obviously nothing like uh, Police Academy. No, it's absolutely not Police Academy, is it? It's not a Police Academy at all. I think it's the funny flap that makes all the noises. <laughs> no. That's how you know it's absolutely not Police Academy. But it's called Combat Academy. Yeah. Yeah, so you can see where they got the idea from this. So. That's George Clooney, isn't it? That's George oh, yeah, that's, Clooney, um, I mean, he's ears played with. That was before Batman. So, um... Yeah, what we'll do, let's look and at to another be, To be fair, he's the, got uh, more dignity in that than he had in Bam. <laughs> let's look at another clip of the uh, of what goes on uh, in the US Army. Hopefully we've got sound this time. We'll have a look and see. Uh, yeah, I've turned, I've turned the sound on this time. Right then. So what are we doing? We go for clip two now, are we? Go for clip two and have another look, just to get a, a feel of uh, of what goes on in the in the American military. Find more partners and play that, no? more golf. Go to readytoplaygolf.com. I heard a click. Oh. That was me. Fuck this. Shit. Yeah, well, it's quite a... But we can get an idea of what's going on here, so this is... Well, I've turned, the, I've turned the sound on, so there should be no reason that you shouldn't hear it. No. Can't, can't... Uh, it doesn't matter. It's for the yeah, audience's benefit. Left arm is you can get an idea of what's going on. Let's just watch this Not one and just... Uh, again, from a goofball oh, comedy. Uh, you should be able to hear it. You can hear it now. Yep, I yeah, I've parked it through to you. Always try to hit through the ball. Uncle Buck was better at golf than that. 
serious assault. I could, could it, I mean, you hit someone with a golf ball like that, you could cause serious injury. He can't, he's got a helmet on. Find Majors and play more golf. Go to readytoplaygolf.com. So is play that more golf. Do you want is to play he, more it, golf? That, that announcer at the end sounded a lot like Morikow from an interesting uh, news uh, review show. Mm. But yeah, there you go. That's the sort of hijinks that they get up to in the army. Let's go to the next <laughs> so, picture. Oh, cat would be Officer Tackleberry. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so let's look at the next picture of, uh, and again, we'll get a feel for the American military. Let's look at the next picture there, Hemi. Pick number five. All uh, right. Have a look at that oh, one. I've got all kinds of windows open. Right. Here we go. Next one. So there we go. There's a. Um, there's a military general, and who's are those jeans been turned? Are those kids' jeans been turned up enough? Do you think they could be? But who <laughs> is that kid? Anyone know? I think he's long out his... Is that steal just... him from the circus? Is that Jesse Marcel Junior. with his dad? You got, you got the first part right. It is Jim. I'll give you a clue. Jim All Morrison. A bunch of slave. That's that's Jim Morrison. Yeah, Jim Morrison. And, and is that his dad? Is yeah, he, he the guy? I think I think I, I think I think I think I'd drown myself in a in, in a in a bathtub if I had turnips like that on my jeans when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, Jim Morrison was a military child, so uh, he did all uh, his anti-war his dad, stuff. His dad well, kicked off the Bay of Tonkin incident, didn't he? Which kicked off the uh, yeah. Vietnam War. His dad, oh, his dad can, was a nasty piece of work. Can, can I do the conspiracy about what happened to Jim Morrison? Because <laughs> I. I, I don't I don't know how plausible it is, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. Jim Morrison didn't die at 27; he just rebranded and became Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you remember um, Do you remember Dennis Leary's uh, this description of the Doors movie? I'm drunk, I'm nobody. I'm drunk, I'm famous. I'm drunk, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I'm shit. I'm nothing. I'm shit. I'm nothing. I'm shit. I'm nothing. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> just, it kind yeah, of sounds but... like the, the Top Cat story, doesn't it? I'm drunk, I'm famous, I'm drunk, I'm, drunk, I'm nobody, I'm drunk, I'm famous. <laughs> I'm drunk, I'm yeah. working, I'm drunk, I've been sacked. <laughs> I died in the park. So. Yeah. How yeah, so. be so mean, Hemi? <laughs> yeah, you toxic masculine. Yeah. You fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's go on to the next picture. Again, we want to get a, a feel of what it's like to be in the uh, US military. Let's go to the... There we go. That's the that's the general uh, vibe there. So, anyway, back oh, to Kenny the... Um, Everett. That's Kenny Everett, isn't it? I, mean, I recognise that. In the bastard. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, let's get back to the story. We've had a, had a bit of fun there, so let's uh, back on this. So, um, decades so afterwards... Concentrate, you wankers. Yeah. Are you? So, yeah, anyway, Ian's coming on to this. So for decades afterwards, the base was used by the Yanks up until the end of the Cold War in the 90s. And then they fucked off back to the US in 1993, back to where they came from. Um, yeah. so, so anyway, so there's a bit of... Turn the um, buggers back. Into this. You know, we're, we're familiar with this. We'll, uh, and then we'll move 
move on to the next stage. So it was during the American tenancy that a peculiar incident took place, often referred to as Britain's Roswell. It was also known as the Watch Watchman's Sighting and the Dogger's Encounter. <laughs> on the 26th of December, 1980, around 3am, him and first class John Burroughs was on security patrol near the East Gate at RAF Woodbridge uh, with his colleague when he saw an odd bright light come from Rendlesham Forest. So there we go. That's the East Gate there. And that's where John Burroughs was. Let's have a look at John Burroughs. There we go. Go into the next picture there, if you could tell me, and we'll just have a look at this. There you go. Trailer trash. So <laughs> he's got a very uh, he's got a weird head shape. It, it looks like yeah. Frankie. It looks like Frankenstein's monster, but with uh, but with better stitching. I thought you were going to say he looks like Frankie goes to Hollywood. <laughs> he, he does look like he could be in the Frankie goes to Hollywood video, doesn't he? Really? Frankie goes to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein goes to Hollywood. <laughs> his mouth is hanging open so that is an indication of lack of intelligence so relax yeah. that's a, that's a so seriously that's neanderthal looking forehead because that, that forehead's yeah. way out there isn't it you mean the five head yeah <laughs> got his shirt from primark as well so. <laughs> it's slap head anyway yeah twat so anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh Security guys initially thought that it was a plane that had crashed. Fucking stupid twats. So they went back to call their superior from a nearby post. Almost immediately, another security officer arrived and confirmed that he had seen the same thing. So it wasn't just seen by one person thinking, yeah, you, you know, you're a fruitcake. Stop imagining things. Other people saw this uh, strange light in the forest. The group went to investigate, and as they approached the scene, they could tell that the forest and farm animals in the vicinity were very upset. So cows were moving. And John Burroughs already been out there. Then is that why the why the sheep were worried? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're scared of him. Gets very lonely in the army. All, all men together. Gets boring. Yeah, like tw done. twelve hours on stag gets a bit boring. You need to to lift it yeah. a bit, no? Uh, do a bit of uh, do a bit of bestiality like Fred West sort of ties into an earlier show we did doesn't it he was into that father taught him everything he knows yeah so. uh, anyway yeah the animals in the area were very upset so um, moos were the cows were mooing erratically pigs were grunting loudly and sheep were nervous and at the sight of burrows in the area <laughs> and feared him I'm nervous about where the story's going if well, you're nervous looking at him. So. I remember we did a three-part episode about uh, animal uh, mutilation. So yeah. we'll, uh, refer to that. Uh, I would be nervous if he looked at me as well. The, um, the Burroughs estate have just called in to say they're officially offended. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would think he's probably dead now, so... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's only like 80s, isn't it? What, like 30 years ago? Well, years ago. Yeah. I see there. He looks about, what, is he 40? So, yeah. yeah. He's either dead or senile. Yeah. So, anyway. They received a radio transmission that contact was made with Heathrow Airport 
who confirmed that an object had been seen over the base. Uh, then it disappeared. On their arrival at the scene, they were met with an array of blue lights throbbing like a purple helmet, and they could see, and they saw a glowing metallic object. So, you know, there's, a, there's something physical there. They see in it. Swamp um, gas. That's definitely gas. swamp gas. Swamp gas, and they didn't yeah. know they were looking at Venus. Yeah, well, yeah. 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 Cock. So, <laughs> it's as, they, as they approached the object, it appeared to move through the trees, and they stated that everything felt slower and mm. strange to them until it vanished. They observed the object appearing and disappearing for about two hours. First officer Charles Trouthead was one of the party that observed the That's object. That's not a real name. It is. That's his name. That's not um, a real name. That's it, not it, a real it, name. It is, that's what it said. In, that's Ian, what it said. Ian, just just to back that up a bit, it, it's one of those weird, strange but true things, like Thomas Crapper inventing the toilet and <laughs> inventing the ball cock. Yeah. Did though, isn't he? Yeah, Thomas Crapper invented the ball cock. Yeah. I you invented the toilet. Service, if you need me, sorry. Invented something toilet related. So. Anyway, so where was I? So, first officer Charles Trouthead was one of the party that observed the object and feared name. that it was an alien. Some, some alien names craft. have been changed. Some names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> but it said on the website. I, I got that off the website. His real name is Salmon Face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um. Had heard of what is involved is he, is he in the guy that went to the butchers and he said uh, said he got a sheep said he said no I'm just just the way I part my hair uh, <laughs> but Chernobyl for Chernobyl fall out that's uh, it yeah Chernobyl fall out your noble commit your yeah. pants if you go to Russia or something like that anyway so anyway Back to Charles Trouthead. So, yeah. yeah. Not a real name. Observed the alien craft. He saw the alien craft. He had heard of what is involved in alien abduction, so he fled the scene immediately as he did not want to be anally probed by sick, <laughs> perverted aliens from space. <laughs> so you know what they're like. In the, yeah, they aliens. Yeah. They can't keep the man's to themselves. So, yeah. so anyway, that's... Um, went back to the base and he tried... He went back by himself and tried that thing that Michael Hutchins did. <laughs> so let's look at the next picture then. Let's get uh, get let's get this guy off the screen. There we go. There. So. <laughs> That's what happens in the military. It's very so. it's very Animal House this episode. Have you watched Animal House it's, recently? Have you? Uh, I love Animal House. If you if you can't tell, <laughs> <laughs> it is my favourite film. So anyway, is that where you get all your anyway. working knowledge of the American Army from? Mount Animal House. Poker party. Belushi, all that stuff. So, anyway, all right, let's get back to the uh, back to the, uh, the story. So, at 4 a.m. on the same night, local police were called to the scene, but reported that the lights, um, the lights they could see were those of nearby Orford Ness Lighthouse, and they could see fuck all else. So, the police weren't impressed with this. So that was what went on in the night. Mm-hmm. At daybreak, the servicemen returned to the scene of the UFO to see what they could find. In a small clearing in the forest, uh, where they saw the strange lights, they found a three is it, small is it taken from Hampstead Heath? Is this from Hampstead Heath, you know, is it? Um, 
That's George Michael there on the on the uh, on the right. See what he can find. So anyway, so let's have a look at this. So, so anyway, so in a small clearing in the forest, which we can see there, they saw um, where they saw the lights. They found small three small impressions on the ground in a hairy triangular type pattern, um, as well as friction burns skid marks and broken branches on nearby trees there was also a lot of dog shit on the ground so <laughs> the, the um just your typical stag do in other words yeah so that's what you can't really if you look at that picture there i can't really see that's just a clear in the forest i can't well, really see everybody the, everybody what, at least once has woken up woken up from drinking the night before and found mysterious skid marks in their underpants haven't they yeah yes <laughs> Although it's not really a mystery how they got there. <laughs> yeah, so if we go to the next picture there, Hemi, we can sort of look at this again, but we can... There, so that's where the impression was. Triangular craft landed there, apparently. Is that, um, to the next is that an equilateral triangle from the... Pers I can't tell from the perspective. Yeah, an isosceles triangle oh, um, I was say, that is yeah. but that's the perspective though isn't it there's like a weird perspective on it i should imagine that my favorite greek philosopher he was isosceles yeah how <laughs> yeah. about he collateral he did some good work he got he got overlooked didn't he well he, yeah. he's no testicular he's put it that way <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer the hairy triangle <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes <laughs> <laughs> it's not so common these that's from the 70s isn't this it? train's common. this yeah. train's never getting back on the tracks is it <laughs> so that's what we got there so um go to the next picture Hemi. we'll have another look um at the um, landing site and apparently so apparently that's where is that a picture uh, of jesus in somebody's toast i'm not sure what that is <laughs> it's a thing isn't it it's a what's it is that a dinosaur print? <laughs> yeah, it must be. Yeah. By the way, it's like, a, it's like the scream, you know, the painting. Oh yeah, it yeah, does a bit. Yeah, I, did, I can I see that. that. Yeah. I, by the I, way, I don't. I don't believe in dinosaurs. I think they're a hoax to uh, cover up the fact that di uh, dragons dragons were real and they existed. It looks like a Picasso. So let's have a look. Mm. So anyway. 10.30 a.m., the, the police were called out again to see the impression. So there's a lot of police time being wasted here. The police said these marks could have been made by an animal and we're now getting pissed off with these fucking yanks wasting their time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the initial, um, the initial sight end. There, why so, are the yeah, army yeah, calling the police out? I mean, it's a serious point, though. Why are the army calling the police out? I thought the army um, was supposed to like be above the police. Well, the American Army. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they do have to defer to uh, civilian MPs, military police, they are devoted to uh, affairs on base, but I'm guessing this isn't on base, so it's... Uh... It's near but, the you base. Know, if, the, if there was but, a yeah. UFO sighting and evidence, you would have thought the army would like try and keep it hush-hush rather than just telling every fucker. Is it the army or is it the navy which keep those things under wraps? Because... Uh... I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't so, matter. So, yeah, interesting there. So, there's definitely some sort of encounter going on. But what was it? We don't know. But what are we going to do? Close um, encounters of the third kind. Mm. Mm. Are you going <laughs> to call the police, obviously? 
Anyway, okay, so... Um, we're having a bit so of trouble with not... nine, Ring 999. We're having a bit of trouble with Russia. You couldn't come sort it out, could you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Anyway, all right, then. So if we go over to Dom now, who's going who's now going to um, tell us the next stage in this uh, in this encounter. Yeah, go on, Dom. stream. It's like I'm trying to skin up here, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm quiet. I'm, I'm dry at the moment. I'm, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. Okay. He's, he's gone. Anyway, go anyway. for it. Well, if you like. Anyway, uh, later that day, Air Force Big Fish, Colonel Charles Holt, who was stationed at nearby, oh, if you like trout, Trout head, you're gonna like this. Station at near nearby RAF Bent Waters. If I can just nip in there though. So Charles Holt was yeah. he was in charge of it all. Imagine if Captain Smith of Titanic fame was in charge of the base. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was I think he's a, a dim and distant relationship to relation to uh, Captain Smith, then is that what you're saying? It would burn down, wouldn't it? Yeah. The would crash. <laughs> Let's go back to Dom. Carry on, Dom. With the, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Bent Waters. He arrived at Woodbridge Security Headquarters to see what all the fuss was about. He was very sceptical at first, but as he began to investigate, he was surprised at how authentic the reports were and failed to explain them. The same night, more mysterious lights were spotted in the woods, and Colonel Holt ordered floodlights to be set up in the area to see what the fuck was going on. So, um, let's have a look at him. Yeah, oh, let's go and look at Charles Holt. Let's have a look at yeah, let's go to the next one. Have a look at him. He looks more intelligent than the last guy. I trust him more. <laughs> he, uh, he, 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 look, he looks. He looks shifty. He looks shifty. Does that, but I don't. To me, think that he's looks like his. That looks like his cum face. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's someone's farted and he's just caught the first whiff of it. That does... <laughs> <laughs> <Dirty bastard>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so halt. Uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me. When he was questioned about his initial initial investigation, he's Colonel Charles Holt, retired. <laughs> that's his full. That's his full name, Dom. Retarded, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you retard. So, you yeah. retard. Are you remember that from Bora? <laughs> yeah. You are retard. You are retard. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to read you what he said, and I'm not going to put on a retarded voice for it. The individuals reported seeing a strange glowing object in the forest. The object was described as being metallic in appearance and triangular in shape approximately two to three metres across the base and approximately two metres high. It illuminated the entire forest with a white light. The object itself had a pulsing red light on top and a bank of blue lights underneath. The object was hovering or on legs. As the patrolman approached the object, it manoeuvred through the trees and disappeared. At this time, the animals on a nearby farm went into a frenzy. 
So what, so what are we saying we think this is? Do we think this is some sort of, like, alien drone? Or are they saying that it's for, like, really small aliens? Because it's not very big, is it? Is it a mobile disco? <laughs> the, blue, the flashing blue and lights and so turning on into a frenzy. Maybe there was an illegal raid going on in the forest. <laughs> but they, well, I'm thinking if it's the 1980s, they might be playing like uh, Acid. That's a shit song. <laughs> S Express. There we go. Mm. <laughs> All right, if we want to look at the next picture, these are good. Express. <laughs> Colonel Charles Holt retarded being yeah. um yeah. <laughs> being having a good talk down from his superior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's venting his small man syndrome then. What is your major malfunction? Okay, anyway, so... And, that, and that's... Uh, you won't know this, dumb, dumb or uh, Ian, but that's Reaver at the back. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give me ten. Mm. Come here, come here. Uh, two, two, ty two types of soldiers from RAF would bridge steers and quiz. It's going to be a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you mean RAF Bentwater. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's only one type of soldier from RAF Bentwater. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should I um, get back to the narrative? If you can get back on to the... Uh, have a go. Have, have a go, Tom. See how you can get on with it. There's yeah. more about Bentwater. Yeah. Anyway, at 9.30pm... Holt received word that the floodlights had ma had malfunctioned and other strange things were happening. Colonel Holt and his men immediately went to investigate, taking with them a tape recorder and a Geiger counter. Sergeant Robert Ball, one of the investigating party, located a site where they believed the UFO had landed, and it was at this time the group spotted a glowing red object. <laughs> Gonna have a look at the next picture. Mock up. Okay. Oh, is this, is this from one of the uh, documentaries? Then is it? I assume. <laughs> it's throbbing Artist through the trees. Artist <laughs> depiction. <laughs> so anyway, the object was a few hundred meters away and began zigzagging around the pine trees and winking at them. <laughs> and Hello, Sailor. Well, dead water for you. Started zigzagging suggestively <laughs> and winked at him. Exposed <laughs> <laughs> himself. As it moved around, the witnesses started to follow it glowing object reached a farmhouse which appeared to be glowing as if on fire. As the UFO approached the house it broke up into five smaller white bulls, then disappeared. Cool. The... So, yeah. Um... They know all about bulls at RAF Bentwater, don't they? <laughs> 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 they have a significant experience in these matters. 
<laughs> we'll wink at each other and then <laughs> and they're bored. Yeah. <laughs> it's just disgusting. <laughs> anyway, the men then headed towards the coast where they saw three objects in the sky that began to move in strange patterns. They believed that these UFOs were trying to communicate with them. Sergeant Bull believed that it looked like a grid search. Beams of light began shooting out from them, and several people at the base also reported seeing strange lights. It's not all that was shooting out, was it, in bent waters? Sound coming from the public toilets. It's probably just some... A acid trip that they just all remembered wrong the next day. <laughs> Maybe pop, poppers was more popular at the uh, Bent Waters. <laughs> anyway, Sergeant John Burrow <coughs> said that this time he saw several blue transparent lights in the sky. One of the lights dived and went through a stationary truck and then back into the sky. Colonel Holt and his men then saw an object in the sky heading towards them at a tremendous rate of speed, and a beam of light came down within feet of them. It then disappeared. Colonel Holt then went from sceptic to believer. And he's since gone on record saying that he believes that he and his men which witnessed an extraterrestrial event. And this should be a YouTube clip of it. Right, so yeah. we uh, yeah. get three now, are we? Yeah. Three. Yeah. Yeah, let's go there. So, seventeen minutes long. If we don't know, um, we don't want to go through all of it. Otherwise, we'll get right. bored. Did you so say something like twelve we... minutes or something? Didn't you? Twelve yeah. forty is when they start seeing shit. Uh... Looks like someone came off about fifteen to twenty feet up. Some small branches, about an inch or less in diameter. Yellow tinge in it too. Weird. It, it, it 
city may be moving a little bit this way. It's, it's brighter than it has been. Yeah. It's coming this way. It is definitely coming this way. It's coming up for us. There's no doubt about it. This is weird. Okay, you listen to all of this. But, but we can cut it off because we're gonna. We, yeah, fuck this. Yeah, cut this off. Now it gets a bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Was coming and he said, "Hold, hold on to it. I'm coming." So. <laughs> you can see what there was. Yeah, that's what, that's what he said. Get out of it. I'm getting tight. I'm Get getting out of it. Grip on yeah. We're trying the delay method. Get a firm grip of the base. Yeah. No, no, she's there. I can't, find, I, I can't actually find out. <laughs> I can't actually find out what a star scope is because there's some like. Um, some, I'm like, assuming it's a telescope because he's pushing yeah. about four clicks. That's their jargon for a kilometer. I'm told it's because with yeah. rangefinders they audibly click whenever they go over a kilometer. Mm. And, uh, there is a, a star scope is a ball gag as well which they put on to <laughs> make them pass out oh, <laughs> oh, <God>. pretty freaking <laughs> hair raising you know yeah there's the star scope all that was raising all i can find out the star scope seems to be some sort of like jml type device that you can buy <laughs> <laughs> the first result is like debunking the outrageous claims made by the Starscope. <laughs> so I can't find what. So if there, if there is a military thing called a Star Starscope, I can't find out what it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, or a starfish, a chocolate yeah. starfish. Is it? A anyway, let's move on. Let's move uh -huh. on. Then what we can do is we can look at. We'll look at um, some more bits of the. Um, of this tape. Um, go on to the next picture there, Hemi, and we'll just look yep. at, uh, look at more <laughs> pictures of the military. So, uh, Kelly's hit. Cool is, that Kelly's, is it Kelly's hit? Right? Heroes, heroes, yeah. True yeah. classic. So, yeah. So anyway, so I think the Starscope might then, be a night, mm, might be a night thing, a night, uh, night vision, I think. But it's maybe it's a gay club. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Okay, yeah, it's, so, the, it's, so the gay, so, it's the gay club from uh, Combat Academy. Gayest club. <laughs> That's Peace Academy, where they <laughs> tricked those guys into going to a gay club and they got sexually assaulted. Mm. So. The Blue Oyster Bar. What's, what's, yeah, the combat, right. what's the Combat Academy equivalent of the Blue Oyster Bar? <laughs> the Starscope. <laughs> <laughs> the Starscope. <laughs> Admiral Dunkley. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, okay. Yeah. You going to Starscope tonight? Me and the boys are going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, meet you, we'll meet you there, yeah? We'll meet you there. So, um, yeah, okay. So, um, Holt, Colonel Holt, then, he took some Geiger readings, readings at the supposed UFO site and found radiation levels 10 times more than normal background levels, whatever that means. So... What we can do, uh, Hemi, if you go on to the, um, the Skeptoid site, we can actually listen uh, to Colonel Holt. Yeah, so it's, oh, it's man, I love it when Snopes tells me what to think. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, he actually recorded himself and his, how, we, how much he was in shock at the, uh, the Geiger readings. So, yeah, it's about three quarters right, of the way so down. I'm on Skeptoid. So I'm on Skeptoid. Skep uh, what do you want? So the first voice clip so let's is... Go up to seven tenths or seven units. Let's, let's go for it. it. The point, let's, uh, let's, one, yeah. uh, let's listen to him. Let's listen to him. Up to seven tenths or seven. 
Seven inches. Seven inches. Is this from where he's done the Starscope toilet, is it? Yeah, he took seven inches uh, in the Starscope toilet. So, yeah. So, he says they're up to seven tenths or seven units, let's call it, on five-point scale. I'm not sure what that means either, but I'm sure it's uh, not not something which is normal. So stay on the Skeptoid site, and what we'll do is look at the next one. So that's something to do with radiation, I think, that one is. Well, I don't know. So as they observed mysterious coloured flashing objects go through the trees, again, Holt took audio recordings of the event. So let's have a look. um, Right at this position here, straight ahead, emerging from the trees, and Oh, so there you go, see, so um, this is what they said there, if it's a bit fuzzy, so you saw a light, where? Slow down, where? So Kuna Holt was going too fast, so his partner said, slow down, <laughs> I like it slower. <laughs> Serviceman he was with, the man was with, right on this position here, straight ahead, in between the trees. There it is again, watch, straight ahead, my flashlight there, there it is, open your fucking eyes, Holt. <laughs> It's a fucking red light. Why can't you see it? We're in the dark in a fucking forest. Right in front of you, you're fucking blind or what? (laughs) See the one can see that. Christ. The fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) I see it too. What is it? Said Holt. Serviceman said, don't know, sir. Holt said, it's a strange, small red light. (laughs) He's great. He's Colonel Holt. He's got all the answers, isn't he? Right, not the sharpest tool in the tool shed, though, is yeah. it? Yeah. Let's go on to the next clip. The so, next clip right. on Scatboid. So what they've done is, is the lighthouse flashes every five seconds. What they've done in this is they've added a beep every five yeah, seconds. Well, they've, they've... Let's have a listen to um, uh, the next clip there. We've listened to that one. Go on to the next clip. We'll... Yeah. <coughs> Christ. Go on to the next clip there. We'll just listen to the next clip. Across the next field. Now we have multiple sightings of up to five lights with a similar shape and orbit. They seem to be steady now rather than a pulsating or glow with a red flash. Yeah, so what he said there. So Holt said, we've passed the farmer's house and we are crossing the next field. And now we have multiple <laughs> sightings of five lights with a similar shape. All but they seem to be steady now rather than a pulsating glow with a red flash. So, yeah. So, so according to this, they say uh, they say five steady lights glowing red. The Orford Ness tra- transmitting station is just two miles up the coast from the lighthouse mm-hmm. and features yeah. five tall radio towers topped with red lights. Uh, Colonel Holt's yeah, thermos gonna... was... Oh, you can, you're going to talk about that now, are you? I was going to cover that in a bit, yeah, so that's oh, ruined right. it a bit. But never mind. So what we'll do <laughs> <Yeah>. is... Uh... <laughs> Well, I, I have to, I have to, I have to completely like stand on Ian's Ian's research at least once an episode. Once an episode, though. Well, it wouldn't be a it, yeah. It's a tradition. It. I normally jump all over his jokes. I thought I'd just stand all over his his, yeah. his research for once. 
because of that, because of that, I didn't put any jokes in tonight. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I didn't bother. I know I'd be wasting my time. So I just thought, we'll just stick to the facts, keep it serious. So. Yes, anyway, keep, we need to serious recounting. I think, I think we did a really good job. I think we've done a really good job so far keeping it serious. Yes, let's just let's all pat really each other on the back. RAF was, didn't realise the RAF was so homoerotic. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have to compete with the Royal Navy. <laughs> they got no chance, have they? <laughs> Davy wins hands down, and I do mean hands down. So. Not, for <laughs> Not for lack of trying on the REF's part. Yeah. Hands down on the bottom bunk. Yeah. Anyway, okay then. Um, so, amazed by what he saw, Colonel Holt then wrote a memo to the Ministry of Defense, which was made public under the US Freedom of Information Act in 1983. The memo dated the 13th of January, 1981, and under the title, Explained Lights, and it outlined the encounter to his superiors. So he took it so seriously that he wasn't afraid to look as foolish. Let's go on to the next slide there. We can actually look at the document itself. We won't, uh, won't uh, read it all, but that's, that's his actual official document there. So, so yes, it, it reads, early in the morning, on the 27th of December 1980, approximately at 3 a.m., two USAF security police patrol men saw unusual lights outside the back gate of RAF Woodbridge, thinking it was an aircraft, blah, 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 and so on. So basically, he took it so seriously, he wasn't afraid to make a fool of himself in front of his superiors. Yeah, but the thing is, though, I, I would assume, I mean, are these rookie um, guys, are they? Because surely, well, if you're, were, if you're yes. doing stag there, well, the point the point being, if you're going to do stag there regularly, then you're going to know what the regular lights, what the regular sights and sounds are of that yeah. forest, though, aren't you? Would, but these are U.S. military. You've got to take that into account. <laughs> so, military intelligence. <laughs> so anyway, that's the document there that was released to the public in 1983. Go to the next page. We won't see something like this anymore. Go on to the next picture there into the hands of the press and the news of the world did a front page uh, story on it ufo lands in suffolk but that's 25p great, best value for money you can't get that anymore can you you can't get a, a sunday, sunday paper. you can't even get a daily paper for 25p let alone a, you won't get a sunday for less than a quid and a half will you i don't think a weekend and you version. can't get the news of the world at all the news mm. of the world is gone isn't it so mm. so there so um We've looked at the tape record in there of what uh, Colonel Holt did. What do you reckon on that? Real or what well, he said? He certainly believes. He certainly believes what he's seeing, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. So. I think that's all you can say about him, isn't it? That's also that's, yeah. all, that's also got an excerpt to the end of the letter, hasn't it? As well, on the on that cover. Oh uh, yeah, there. So yeah. you know, it was uh, secret stuff, isn't it? Always in the military, yeah. but uh, this got out, and uh, News of the World did a big scoop on it. People. So there we are. So uh, what we'll do, hand over to Dom for more information on this. Uh, unusual oh, so what, case. what year was this? Did you guys say that? It was 1980. This happened 1980. 1980. Well, the actual, the actual, the document was released in 1983, but the actual encounter took place on Boxing Day, 1980. So, yeah, yeah I was going to say uh, you still haven't the news of the world. That was before it became a red top, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the whole paper was black and white back then. That was when they had page three, wasn't it, as well? So, yeah, the good old days. Yeah, before times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember even the Mirror used to have page three? <laughs> really? 
Mm. The mirror. Mm. The mirror had a page seven fella as well. So on page mm. seven, you get a guy if you. Yeah. So. Oh, but, but, that, but that was a big hit down at Bentwater, wasn't it? It was. They would always do it in page seven. <laughs> yeah. Remember the Daily Sport? Wasn't that practically soft porn? A whole lot of it. The Sunday Sport was uh, something I'd try and get hold of uh, as a teenager. Uh, was it? Was it? Aliens turn me into Brussels sprout. That was a. That was a sport headline, wasn't it? And and, uh, and um, was it? Uh... My tits can see ghosts. <laughs> Face on Mars grows beard. Was yeah. <laughs> is it, is it B fifty two bummer found on the moon as well? Weren't it? Yeah. Double decker bus found on the moon as well. Yeah. No, that is the sort of story I want to read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see, so, the news uh, of the world would actually tell you stuff that you wanted to know about. Alf- Alphabet Cat about says the aliens were very considerate. They came on Boxing Day rather than Christmas Day. Well, yeah, I mean, even the aliens are Christian. I think the Pope said something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah, because they're from a different galaxy, their Christmas Day is one day ahead, so... Oh, the Orthodox <laughs> Christian. I, I, I retract that statement, then. <laughs> Orthodox means not really. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, let's go over to Dom, who's going to yeah. give us more information. Oh. We're going to head. Yeah, we're going to move forward to 2003. Mm. One of the Rendlesham UFO witnesses, Sergeant Jim Pennison. Then Pennison, more like. Why have they all got gay names? <laughs> Jim Penis. Jim Penis come. Jim mm. Penis come. More like. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, as I was saying, Sergeant Jim Penis On appeared on the documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Serious investigative show, guys. (laughs) This is far too serious. It's not like your usual usual episodes, Ian. No, yeah, we've gone off the the boil a bit tonight. Mm. Far too serious. Down has driven us over the edge. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Sergeant uh, Jim, (laughs) (laughs) Jim P. (laughs) (laughs) Points of view for this episode. (laughs) I bet we still still get less complaints than the flat Earth episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's not repeat that, shall we? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so compose yourself, Tom. Compose yourself. He appeared on the documentary UFO Invasion at Rendlesham, which was broadcast on the Sci Fi Channel. He had retired from the military at this stage, so decided to give more details of what he experienced on that fateful night. Yeah, because you, you don't sign like anything official where you're not allowed to talk about your time. You could just come out of the army and talk about whatever the hell you like, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> so he blabbed his mouth off, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Is it... <laughs> 
yeah, basically. His encounter that night was much more detailed than just some flashing lights in the forest. He actually had an up-close view of an unusual vehicle in the forest. He described it as a craft of unknown origin. And let's look at some clips from the documentary. Be- uh, which ones are we doing? Which ones are we doing now? Number seven. Number seven. It was a download one. Seven. Seven, and then Jim Penniston has brought a key piece of evidence back with him to Rendlesham Forest. His original notebook was the night that he encountered an unidentifiable craft. Jim Penniston has brought a key piece of evidence back with him to Rendlesham Forest. His original notebook from the night that he encountered an unidentifiable craft. I wrote in this book what I saw. The next one is after I got up close to the craft. The writing changes. Jim Penniston has brought a key piece of evidence <laughs> back with him to Rendlesham Forest. His original notebook next one is after I got up close to the craft. Compose himself. So yeah, you can imagine what happens there. Americans do like having a cry about things, don't they? Yeah. Spit roasted in the forest, so it was all the trauma was too much. He doesn't know what came over him he never got yeah. his yeah. he does know what came over him and that's why that's why he's in the state <laughs> ah. <laughs> held him down and took it on turns on him oh, so. oh no hey, let's look at the next next clip let's have a look at this one again jim penniston has brought a key could, piece of evidence back with him to rendlesham oh, port his original notebook the night that he encountered an unidentifiable friend Next uh, one is after I got up close to the craft. In the, in the, uh, the, the writing changes. Ah, wow, civilian. It changes from being written confidently to um, shaky. Just, quick. You can twiddle your pops, are you? They found a wank mag under the bushes. Passed up. Yeah. It's a Sunday sport. Sorry. Yeah. <sighs> nah, I don't know. I, for some reason, the audio to it is going somewhere else. Yeah, well, fuck it. I think, um... Okay. I'm, I'm pretty Go sure on. I've done this before, and, and the and the audience can actually hear what hear that video, and I've just played it over and over again. Right, it's me driving them nuts. I'm pretty sure oh. it just output it's output into the stream. It's just not output into right. anywhere else. All oh, right. Fair enough. Let's move on then. Let's all yeah. pretend we heard. Oh, that yeah. was an interesting clip. Ian and Tom, tell us more about it. Yeah, because they all just well. heard that on a loop, and it must be driving them absolutely mental. <laughs> Uh, right, so you ready for clip eight? Clip eight. I think you're gonna have to narrate this one as well. Then. Yep. I'm gonna turn the stream. Let's just listen to my stream. Yeah. Stick on clip eight. Uh, Girls and right, I so clip eight is playing now. The shape of the craft was defined. The closer we got, the more the white light dissipated. But what appeared was a triangular craft. When we approached it, it was. Oh, I, I say it measured uh, probably about nine. It is working on it. It is working on the site. Yeah. So, uh, it is yeah, working on the stream. So, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. That's the six important feet bit. high, a little yeah. higher than eight, maybe six and a half feet. The lighting emanated from just the fabric more, of the uh, craft, play and more. it would actually move around. I mean, it would move. You'd have different locations <clears> where maybe a little blue lighting was going into it, or maybe a little red. And then there must have been some type of lighting underneath of it because uh, it silhouetted the aircraft itself. I had went around and started doing a 360 walk around the area, taking recording my observations. I was looking underneath the craft like that. I had taken quite detailed notes on that. Type of aircraft still unknown. 
No apparent landing gear. No sound, but appears to be pulsing somehow. I would go ahead and uh, feel the craft, which was warm. I think that's. Uh, I think it's been seen like about several times air. now, so I think we can. Oh, uh, is it? Oh, is it only? To oh, it's only about a minute long. Yeah, yeah. Side. He goes and on about his diary. Sits there in his glasses, and, and, and uh, there was yeah. etching. Uh, He's stuck in a love. And the dang marriage. alien's been whacking off in my tool shed. <laughs> yeah. Sound like goddamn space buzzards. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right then. So anyway, so so that's that's those. Yes. Things. Back to Dom uh, then. Let's uh, continue with the uh, this experience. Go for it. Yes. Penis Ton claimed to have got so close to the craft that he could touch it. He described it as smooth and warm to touch mm. and covered with strange symbols similar to Egyptian hieroglyphics. Uh, I think we can see a picture of those. They don't look like yeah. the hieroglyphics. Oh, I could they look, they look like he's got one of those engineering stencils. <laughs> he's just written it <laughs> down. He's just used one of those. You know, the electrical engineering stencil things. Yeah, okay. Well, it's some sort of pictographs then. Yeah. So it, uh, he was able to inspect and photograph the craft for 45 minutes. Let's see the photographs then. Oh, wait, there aren't any. Whole roll of by the Air Force and never released. All we have are some crappy drawings that Peniston drew. And that's that's, that's how I used the whole yeah. pop roll in a day, Peniston thought it was aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Penis ton. Mm. So, yeah, if you look at the next picture, we'll see his. <laughs> it's just crap, isn't it? It's, it is pretty crap, isn't it? Yeah. It looks like a paper aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, yeah, a, so bit, it looks a bit like Luke's land speeder from, uh, from Star Wars, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what he said of the craft. I estimated it to be about three metres tall and about three metres wide at the base. No landing gear was apparent, but it seemed like she was on fixed legs. I moved a little closer. I walked around the craft, and finally, I walked right up to the craft. I noticed the fabric of the shell was more like a smooth, opaque black glass. A detailed description there. Yeah. Did he prescribe an agenda to the craft? Mm. It was gender neutral. <laughs> what, are the, what are the whooshy bits? What are the whooshy bits on the diagram? And that pa that bit of paper's creased as well. Look at it. Look, couldn't even couldn't even look after the bit of paper. It just like was this fished like, a bit just, out of the bin. I was going to say, was this back of an envelope? You <laughs> <laughs> can't write either. He did call the craft a she, actually, and he didn't ask its preferred pronouns beforehand. Exactly. Oh, what a bigger. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's time to cancel his ass. <laughs> how Don't can he get, how can he have got a top view when he didn't see it from the top? Because he's full of shit. I'm side with Ian on this. I think this guy's just telling a crock of shit now. Asshole. Yeah. 
Bent pe- penis to on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right then. So there we go. That's uh, so we're up to that point. Yep. Penis and over to you, Ian. All right, yeah. So I'll take over. So um, yeah, penis and drew that. So um, mm. and it, this came out much, much uh, years later after. The Tony Hart wouldn't have put it on his wall, would he? <laughs> no. He does put some shit on his wall, so it wouldn't surprise me if that got on. <laughs> oh, that's true. Anyway, um, all right, let's move on to the next picture. Let's get back into the, the US military. Okay. So, he's got that next, gun the wrong way around. Continue with this. Colonel Ted Conrad, Holt's boss, interviewed Pennison a day or so after the incident. Conrad recalled in 2010, when he, inter- when he was interviewed by a researcher, Dave Clark, that Pennison reported something completely different from what he said later. According to Conrad, Pennison reported that he and fellow serviceman John Burroughs moved through the trees towards an unknown light and dis- that disappeared soon afterwards behind a low rise in the direction of a farmhouse. Pennison made no mention of an encounter or notebook and told Conrad he didn't get close enough for a detailed look. So Pennison's changing his story. Don't trust the guy. But anyway, let's move forward. Pennison has been described as an unpopular child in school and often lived in a fantasy world and most people hated his guts. Though he claimed to have the closest encounter, he states that it was not aliens at all and Pennison believed time travelers from the future were at play so so Pennison didn't think it was aliens he thought it was time travelers so um in 1994 Pennison went and went under regressive hypnosis 1994 i was dropping ease so let's play out the regression (laughs) session and what the, we're going to do the now? The regression we're do a short... session. Didn't, when that, didn't that used to be Friday nights on Baton Radio One? RTJ Booker had regression sessions. So, uh, so is that, is that clip? Is the regression session clip eleven? Then is it? It's not. No, because what we're going to do now is um, going to reenact the regression session. Tom's going to play the part of the hypnotherapist, and I shall play the part of Peniston. So let's do it. <laughs> Okay. okay. Right. Look into my eyes. Don't look around the eyes. Look into my <laughs> eyes. And you're up. They are asking me if I see binary code. I see binary code. They are time travelers. They are us. How far in the future? Long time. A very long time. Do they need? Sure. It's to do with chromosomes or something like that. How do they get that? Take it. From where? From other people's bodies. They were interrupted. They are having problems. The odds are against them. Well, Peniston's got an extra chromosome, hasn't he? I think they thought they could borrow it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me in the future there's not going to be any downies? (laughs) (laughs) If you have less less chromosomes, doesn't that make you more intelligent then? (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Let's get back onto the onto the play. Go for it, Tom. Hip. Wait, 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 wait. Um, the odds are against them. That's me. That's you're me. Straight. You don't say that. You, you, you. Go on. Is that what you just said, though? You just said that, yeah. So you're yes. going. Okay, yeah. Are they using using us something like breeding stock? No, 
like band-aids. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. So, well, that's what he said. You know, I, I can only go on what you said, and I'd like to do an American voice, but I can't. So I was sure going to do it. I was going to do it. Smoking crack. <laughs> well, it was 1934, so it would have been available. <laughs> so you said bad AIDS, not good AIDS. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> AIDS. AIDS, like the plas the plasters. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> what more do you need to ask me? <laughs> Does the government believe what you are saying about them coming from the future? Oh, yes. This time, they, the time travellers, were having problems. They got their machine off. They have, they have to be in space to travel. They need space to travel. To travel through time? To go backwards. They cannot go forwards. They can't go into their future. So why do they get back? Go to their past. This is just how it says. This one didn't make sense, did he? Yeah, so. It doesn't. Does it? I'm gonna. It's a one-way okay, trip. So I'm again, I'm again gonna go into character now. Back into character as Peniston. Okay then. Do they? Do they leave? Do they leave the chromosomes took behind a rock in a field or something? <laughs> Give the instructions <laughs> to the future people. <laughs> Okay. All right, anyway, they go to their past. It's impossible to go to the future. It takes too much energy. How far into the past can they go? The ships can go 40 or 50,000 years. They can't go much further. They might not get back. How do they come back so far? Oh, it doesn't affect the timeline. The farther it is, the better. The least effect it has this on change in the future. Not, they can't control it. Works. It is too cumbersome. <laughs> this is not how it works. It doesn't work like this that. Is what yeah, Pennison just made the further yeah, back you go, the bigger the further back you go, the bigger the change will be in the future. <laughs> this bloke's an idiot. He was full of shit, wasn't he? This bloke's an idiot. Oh, sorry. Anyway, carry on. Okay, carry on then. Uh, carry on. Did they touch you? Yes. Well, I have a doll here. I want you to yeah. show me on the doll where you were touched. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. And there. Did they touch you? End, end of interview. So there. So that, that's the transcript of um, no regression therapy that Edison went through. It's the blank's an idiot. None of it makes sense at all. Oh dear! Oh yeah, well, I was, I was glad. I was glad when I was ignorant of the of the Redemption Forest <laughs> champion bullshitter. The only thing I'm sure of is is Peniston's got an extra chromosome. I think that's why they're Ooh. after him. I think we can see the reason for this. Let's go to the next uh, the next picture there. So yeah, his Peniston's book is for sale on Amazon. So there's plenty of copies available. So. Uh, there you go. So Jim Peniston, um, US, USAF retard. But in the book, in the book, though, Peniston states that he suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder because of his encounter, and in recent years, he claims that the craft telepathically transmitted binary code into his brain. There we yeah, go. That's Peniston for you. 
Well, it, it seems like there's plenty of room in there, so I don't, I'm not surprised that beamed into his brain. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. That's the that's the incident covered. Uh, the main witnesses, um, and uh, you make of it from you make of it what you can. You can make your own judgment on the encounter. Um, yeah, so. Um, there was a bit of uh, we can look at the a bit of connected um, events with the with the encounter. So if we go over to Dom now, he'll tell us about the Men in Black visit. Go for it. Okay. In the days after the incident, forestry worker Vince Thurkettle said he was <laughs> what Thurkettle. <laughs> I'm very rude Nobody about that. has these names. Nobody has these names. They're all made. <laughs> I have bought a book by a forester called Vincent Furcato. It's not the same one, is it? Is this guy a forester? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. He is a forester. Yeah. This is the same. I have got his book. It's called The Woodfire Handbook. Are you telling me? Shit, what a small world. How bizarre. Well, if I let's t find out more about him and maybe we'll find out the same guy. Vincent Furcato. Um, Vince Furcato. Fuck me. How does he get involved? Oh, Rendlesham Forest. Maybe that's why he's involved. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, he said he was out one morning chopping wood in Rendlesham Forest when a black American-type car drew up. He described it as looking like a Batmobile. And there's a picture of him. Uh, hold on. Put that on. Up. Yeah. Next one up. Before and after. Oh, he had his chopper out in the woods, did he? <laughs> <laughs> um, just, to, just to kind of like be actually serious for a second. Men in Black, if they're from the future, it would explain because they because they're always quite anachronistic, aren't they? They they seem to be dressed for the wrong period. That that would lend to because if you're coming back fifty thousand years from the future, a decade here or there isn't gonna like no, you're not gonna notice a decade here or there. Whereas the people just, who have seen them are. You've just put the image on the screen. You haven't seen it. That yeah. is Vince Verkettle on my book, the the wood. Well, his <coughs> book, but I've got it in my hands. Mm. Uh, that's uh, the Woodcutter's Hand. But really good book, by the way. I do recommend it. So, wow, what a small world! <laughs> so, in some way, you're involved in the Rendlesham case. Holy <laughs> shit! This is spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. <laughs> Right, let's let's find out what happened to him. Well, I know um, what happened. What happened to him? He moved to another forest, and he wrote a book about woodcutting, and uh, he talks about how to properly stack your wood and all that. Yeah, but before that, he had wood. He had he had wood, did he? <laughs> he never mentioned, he never mentioned he any wood. UFO stuff in his wood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wood. Well, he went. Anyway, in in what he found in the woods, there was a um, <coughs> yeah, this this uh, the um, black American car that drew up. He, he basically thought it was some buggers, so you know he was uh, he was interested there. But then he was surprised that two men, aged about thirty, got out of the car, and they were dressed in black suits and sunglasses. One of them looks a bit like Will Smith. <laughs> he said, Good morning. Do you mind if we ask some questions? 
asked one of the peculiar men in a well-spoken English accent. Well, you, in that case, he didn't say A-O. <laughs> Smacks lips. <laughs> Thur Kettle cooperated with the men and answered about 20 questions relating to the UFO reports in the forest. Did they ask any questions about what's the best site of wood for an open fire? <laughs> they should have done. I don't think so. <laughs> I, know it, I know it's not conifers because they tend to spit. Mm. They only had 20 questions. If they had 21, I'm sure that's what they'd have asked. <laughs> anyway, he they said that him, he Did thought... they ask him if he was up for it? <laughs> if, they, if they played 20 <laughs> questions with him, did they, manage, did they manage to work out who he was thinking of? <laughs> I love that game. I'm really good at it. <laughs> They were actually sat in the car, and, and uh, he was asking them, and they were using the um, interior light, one flash for known, two for yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he said he basically said he saw fuck all, didn't know what the fuck they were talking about, and he yeah. thought the two men were crackpots, basically. Also, buy my book, The Wood, the wood Fire's Handbook. <laughs> I love that. I love, the way men, I, love the way, I love the way men in black always like threaten people, don't they? And then the people just tell just tell their story anyway. They're just so shit, aren't they? <laughs> After the encounter, he did some research and found out there was an incident in the area in the days previous. So he goes to his boss uh, and gets him to take him to the site of the UFO landing. Upon arrival at the site, at the site, Thurkettle was disappointed and said it was nothing. It was a normal glade in the forest with three rabbit scrapes that happened to roughly form a triangle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that sounds a bit right, yeah. Oh, That's sick bird. Ra- rabbit scratches. <laughs> rabbit scratches, well, that it? Yeah. When addressing the issue of the broken branches, Thurkettle said that the forest was full of broken branches. When addressing the issue of burn marks on the trees, Thurkettle said that these were marks made by forest ranger Bill Briggs with an axe. <laughs> he burnt them with an axe. <laughs> well, no, he just, I think they just—they probably like sliced some bit of bark off some trees to mark them for chopping down or something. Oh, like right, that. okay. But they were cuts in the trees, but this is the American military, you've got to remember, and they thought these were burn marks. So, so that's uh, so he wasn't impressed. Third kettle, third kettle wasn't, he didn't fall for this and thought this is nothing, yeah. nothing to get excited about. So, yeah, um, let's look at then. So, we've got uh, got a bit of um, silly got the whole case there. Let's look at some possible non-UFO explanations, and there we go. So let's move on to this one. Okay. <clears throat> so, in the location of the forest where the incident took place, it is the only part of the forest where it is possible to see the Orford Ness Lighthouse. Um, though UFO believers claim to have, ta- uh, have talked to the, to the lighthouse keepers who said that the lighthouse never beamed on land, as it turns out, that's bullshit. At the time, it was possible to stand in the lighthouse and a beam and uh, this would shine onto the UFO landing site though it is eight miles away so it's possible that a lighthouse uh, caused this. Let's look at the next picture we've got a uh, map of the location we, we can see RAF Woodbridge 
deck waters <coughs> where the lighthouse is. So the beam there can shine across. And uh, East Gate in the middle of the map there, it's not too far from the lighthouse. So uh, let's have a look there. That's a shame so, you've yeah, got the possible. transmitter on there, isn't it? Or is that, or are you doing that next? Well, we can move. Yeah, uh, we could move on to that. But let's go yeah. to the next picture. And there's a photo taken, uh, <clears throat> telephoto lens, but lens photo. But this is actually taken from land inside. So the the um, lighthouse is visible from there, as we can see. Um, so every lighthouse. Yeah, so there you go. Every lighthouse has a published interval which it flashes. Uh, this is how sea captains, like Captain Smith of Titanic fame, are able to identify <laughs> which light they are seeing. Oh, Captain even, Smith Captain, even Captain Smith would have known that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> so. Oh, the Orford Ness Lighthouse has an interval of five seconds. Imagine the fun you'd have to the audio. if you had a laser pointer. Just, 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 for, just run a laser pointer around the forest and watch them chasing after it. <laughs> they'd, think it they'd think that was a UFO. Yeah. But if we go back to the audio, <laughs> they would, oh, look, it's a, it's a, a little red dot. That must yeah. be aliens. Yeah. <laughs> if we go back to that, uh, the Skeptoid uh, website, Henry, yeah. and we can go to the, the clip again with the, the one with the bleeps on. Ooh. Yeah, we can then we can listen to the audio. Bleeps in the audio rep represent when lighthouse is flashing. So if we go on to that, there we can see. Uh, I just got to find it. It's we can see right, Captain so... Holt's amazement. Let's listen to this. Uh, right, 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 so yeah was that was that um, homer j simpson was it that prophet well he's uh so although captain holt calls the light red this is contradicted by his men who said they saw a yellow light now if we go into the next picture there we can see it's a bit dark but we can actually see a photo taken <coughs> from the forest um shortly after uh, the oh. encounter and we can see what lights oh, are available this will be number 27 so and there we go see so this is this is taken from the land it's like we can see two orange lights to the left of the picture three like other lights there yeah, could be werewolves or vampires, but uh, so do we know what those other lights be... are? Uh, we can come on to that in a minute. So, um, so yeah, so we can see that there. So there are there are lights visible from the forest. Um, if we go on to the next uh, next um, clip, there, uh, Hemi, back on Skeptoid. Yeah, the fourth clip, um, and this is the farmer's house. Uh, the farmer's house clip. So I think it's the fourth uh, clip on so. the website. <clears throat> Go back to there. Uh, every light yeah, so. house. Where's the farmer's house? Uh, we've passed the farmer's house and across in the next field. That one. That's clear. Let's, let's play that one again. The field. Now we have multiple sightings of up to five lights with a similar shape and all, but they seem to be steady now rather than a pulsating or glow with a red flash. Yeah. So what he said there, so just if, if you didn't understand it, um, we've passed the farmer's house and are crossing the next field. And there we have multiple sightings of up to five lights, similar shape. They seem to be steady now rather than pulsating <coughs> or low with a red flash. 
So five steady lights glowing red. <clears throat> the Orford, Orford Nest Transmission Station, which is two miles up the coast from the Orford Nest Lighthouse, features five tall radio towers topped with red lights. Let's go to the next picture and we can have a look at this transmission station. Go to the next picture there. So we got five. Oh my God. So it's possible that Holt store those lights um so yeah one of the witnesses chris arnold gave an interview in 1997 he said there's absolutely nothing in the woods we could see lights in the distance and it appeared unusual as it was a sweeping light like a like a lighthouse <laughs> did not know anything about yeah we did not know anything about the lighthouse on the coast at the time we also saw some strange colored lights in the distance but we're unable to determine what they were. Contrary to what some people assert, at the time, almost none of us knew there was a lighthouse at Orford Ness. Remember, the vast majority of folks involved were young people aged 19, 20, 25 years old. Consequently, it wasn't something most of the troops do were aware of. Do they mean young of. or do they mean differently abled? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> extra chromosomes, extra chromosomes, yeah. which the time bandits want to steal. <laughs> yeah. Probably some and they were probably into weed at that age as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was thinking, actually, a, a better news of the world headline would be military personnel conf confused by man-made coastal structures. <laughs> this is not the first time that the military has been confused by lighthouses. I mean, you've seen that one about the US aircraft carrier um, and threatening it that a Canadian lighthouse get out of the way because they're approaching. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't you realize I'm the co I'm the captain of an aircraft carrier, my fleet, blah, 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 we could play it smooth. It's like, well, sir, I'm the head of this lighthouse. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm telling you to adjust course. <laughs> when I was in school, when I was in school, it was the div kids that used to join the army as well. So yeah. There's that too. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, that's what we got. Let's um, that's what we do. We just quickly run over a police report um, who were involved, um, who were called out that night. So this is what the police. So, ba so basically, said. the police were just acting as their dad. It's like, Dad, we've seen some strange yeah. lights, and the police are like, "Don't be stupid, son. <laughs> Come on, go, go back to your barracks and sleep it off." Yeah. <laughs> back to your a, barracks and try the, a bit too try much the thing that Michael just. <laughs> have we had a bit, a bit too much to think, son? <laughs> okay, then. so the report goes as follows. Um, traffic control, West Drayton checked. Uh, no knowledge of aircraft. Reports received of aerial phenomena over southern England during the night. Only lights visible in the area were from Orford Ness Lighthouse. Search made of the area negative. So that's the police report. Um, police report of the landing site, which they were called out to, reads as follows. There were three marks in the area which did not follow a set pattern. The impressions made by the marks were of no depth and could have been made by an animal. So obviously, if it was a heavy craft that landed, which you would think it would be, it, the, the impressions on the ground would be deep, but they weren't. So, um, so basically, there we go. So the Orford Nest Lighthouse was permanently turned off in 2013 and was demolished in 2020. Let's have a look at the next picture. We'll see the before and oh, after. Oh, was it blown up by the US Army because it made them look stupid? <laughs> so, yeah. 
lighthouse did today. Orford, so. Did the Orford Ness Lighthouse have evidence which would lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton? <laughs> the Orford yeah, Les, the Orford Ness Lighthouse didn't kill itself. Nope. Um, so yeah, let's uh, go on to the next picture. We'll have a look at this. <laughs> what the fuck's uh, that? <laughs> So, in 2016, retired U.S. Air Force police officer and Rendlesham witness Steve Longero spoke out after three decades of silence, and that's him there. So, mm. fat cunt. So, nice <laughs> hat as well. He, he, he does look like he could be carrying an extra chromosome, yeah. doesn't he? You wouldn't believe he what like he said. He looks like he's been in Benidorm for too long. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, so he rubbished the lighthouse theory and said, while on duty that night, we had a very sophisticated alarm system and everything just went off. I also shot my load. We saw three lights over the tree tops and I was thinking, what's going on? When referring to the lighthouse theory, he laughed and said, I don't think so. Not unless the lighthouse could move, unless they could float that thing in the air. So... Him there, or he unless says, it moved uh, that, while they were walking towards yeah. it. <laughs> Would you believe him? Ooh. To be, to be fair, I wouldn't trust any of those people to tie their own shoelaces. And I definitely yeah, wouldn't give know. them... They'd, they'd definitely have to have the plastic scissors if they were, if they were doing, a, yeah. doing a class near me. Yeah, yeah so th that's that. So um, there's also other, um, other um, <clears throat> theories, and Dom now is going to tell us about... An SAS prank that could have happened. Go for it. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. One explanation for the Rendlesham incident is it was a prank by the SAS. To show how shit the security was at the base, the SAS made repeated forays into the camp. One night in August 1980, an SAS team parachuted into the area, but were <laughs> caught just after touchdown. It's claimed they were dragged away by their captors, who dubbed them unidentified aliens. They were beaten and buckered for hours yeah. and were repeatedly <laughs> accused of being aliens. <laughs> are, they, are, they bit, are they a bit like oh, the, the, those people from Hartlepool that hung a monkey because they thought it was a French spy? <laughs> <laughs> My name's Captain Price. I'm with the SES. Do you understand? What's this language? What's this, what's this language he's using? I don't understand it. It's alien. <laughs> they were only freed after the Ministry of Defence in London intervened and were left seething about what had happened. Absolutely seething. These claims These claims were made in a letter sent to UFO enthusiast and weirdo Dr. David Clark from one of the SAS troopers involved. The elite soldier, calling himself Frank, said, They called us aliens, so we thought. Is that Frank off the army adverts from the 80s? Is that he, got, he made it into the SAS, did he? <laughs> <laughs> It showed it showed Frank doing all sorts of exciting things, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And an arrow, and an arrow. Frank was Frank was climbing. Yeah, there's, the, there's not many of pointing. us in the, There's not many of us in this call that are going to remember the Frank adverts, are they? 
Viz, Viz did a take on the advert, though. Viz did a take on the advert, and it was a graveyard and an arrow pointing to one of the graves. Yeah, Frank. Be <laughs> <laughs> Frank joined the army. Anyway. I, I, I would love it. I would love it if Rendlesham really was an SAS troll on some dumb yanks. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going with that from now on. <laughs> because that sounds far more plausible to me than all of this bollocks. Oh, and the fact that Vincent Furco is just like, no, this is a load of bollocks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The SAS were just trolling them to the nth degree. <laughs> they also mysteriously found cling film over their toilets, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> the aliens put cling film over their toilets as well. <laughs> Well, you can imagine if they're like confused by the lighthouse or the SAS, <laughs> just you know the cherry on top. <laughs> anyway, do you want to know what the SAS did? Oh, good. Yeah, go on. Let's go for it. Let's just completely humiliate the US armed forces. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is like several months later, and uh, Dr. David Clark said. After their release, the troopers made no complaint at their rough treatment, but were determined to get their own back on the Yanks. In particular, their repeated characterization as aliens sowed the seeds of a plan. Lights and coloured flares were rigged in the woods, and black helium balloons were coupled with remote-controlled kites. Stunt proved to be a bit more convincing than the elite regiment had hoped. The letter went on. A great deal of nocturnal Christmas fun was had at the expense of the gullible American airmen, and the matter should have should have ended there. Oh no! <laughs> However, <laughs> Re- record scratch. You probably wondered what, wondered why I'm on this alien program. <laughs> so, did they have their leg pulled? Oh, I love the idea that he just thinks that they're from the future, and it's just like it's a bunch of airplanes. Yes, we have come from the future. We need chromosomes. Do you have an extra chromosome spare? <laughs> that really does sound like a British joke on someone, doesn't it? <laughs> and they pro- they probably could be like, "Oh yes, we're aliens. We've learnt received pronunciation. We have studied all of your uh, radio transmissions, and we can imitate you exactly." Are you going to tell us even the men in black were part with <laughs> the SAS as well? That's well, they were speaking with really good British accents. They were clearly alien. Well, there's even I think there's there's more hoaxes to come, isn't there, Ian? Oh, good. <laughs> well, so thus far though. It- could have been the lighthouse, or it could have been the SAS mucking about. What else it's could it have been? It's definitely See what else is involved in this. No, so, it's SAS, that's the funniest. More to come. So, in the summer of 2003, a former USAF and military policeman at Woodridge claimed to be responsible for the incident. Kevin Condy claimed to have staged a hoax using his police car to frighten the guard at the East Gate was fertile ground for a practical joke and practical jokes are tradition in the security police condy explained he went on was this one guy at the back gate it was known as a bit of a problem yeah. I was always seeing things and it always turned out to be a star or something so i decided to play a practical joke 
I drove down the taxiway in my car. I stuck the spotlight on after sticking red and green lenses on it. And I drove round in circles in the fog with the PA loudspeaker going on, flashing my lights. It wasn't a UFO. It was my 1979 Plymouth Full Air, which is a police car. So, so yeah. Oh, so, dear. another person claims to have hoaxed it. So, you know, only one, one, uh, there could only be one hoax. So, a no, few I'd, people I'd want like to take credit for I'd like to think it was the police, the SAS, and the lighthouse all duped the airborne. I know this was the 1980s and Channel 4 didn't exist yet. Were, were they all just like bored and like, oh, what can we do to amuse ourselves? I just imagine like the police and the SAS in cahoots just going, look, look, I'm going to prank these idiots. <laughs> the, police, the, police, the SAS are like, hold my beer. And they... <laughs> They just down the pub and it's like, oh, I've got a funny idea. <laughs> do, do right. of... Yeah, because they're saying red and blue lights, and I first I thought disco, but then I thought police cars are red and blue lights. They've not just mistaken it for a police car, have they? You can the imagine a, the, a SAS, an SAS guy and the local Bobby and the lighthouse owner all yeah. sat in the <laughs> coming up with it together <laughs> or, they're, or they're just like you know a week later when the when the uh when the newspaper article comes out and they just were down the pub absolutely fucking dying and they <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we've pretty much covered it there um what we'll do though let's say there's an additional uh, an additional bit of encounter 2015, 35 years after the encounter, um, a dog walker spotted an unusual sight over Rendlesham Forest. So uh, I sent you the clip, Hemi. He filmed it. Ah, uh, so this 11. is the dogging you mentioned. Yeah. Oh, so it's clip 11, is it? Some, right, okay. Yeah, let's have a look at this. So is this is on a, a, let's is see what potato can. Here we go. Oh, let's have a look at the UFO helicopter. Is 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 that ball lightning? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that, you don't see that every day. So what is um, that then, Ian? Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? It could be, it could be alien visitors. Good grammar and spelling is are important. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, not the, it's not the lighthouse. It's, it's not the lighthouse, is it? Because the lighthouse was demolished. So, yeah. well, Grammarly, for that for that one second mention, you will be paying us one thousand seven hundred fifty pounds. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah, checked in the post. Yeah, could it have oh, been the dear. SAS mucking about again? Or could it have been the police, the policeman? Mm. We could be a moron. Use Grammarly. Or is it? Or is yeah. it the aliens back? B. Be a number of things. So uh, yeah, we've roughly, we've roughly, um, we've roughly covered it there. We'll just do a little bit at the end now. Um, so as we know, with any well-publicized, unexplained phenomena, it's good for the local economy attracting weirdos to the location. So um, Rendlesham Forest is no different. And today you can follow it, follow the Rendlesham Forest UFO trail, following in the footsteps of the airman 
on that fateful night in 1980. Let's have a go to the next picture. We'll just have a look at the uh, the UFO trail. Oh, so in Rendlesham Forest. You can, you can follow that. It takes you down to the old lighthouse. Yeah, you can go to the next picture. <laughs> you can go to the radio see... mast, the old, the old lighthouse. Yeah. You can go there if you want, but we suggest you don't. Yeah. SAS base. On to the next one. Trail cul culminates with a mock-up of the UFO. So if we look at that picture, what is, what is that? Look at the next picture there. We oh, my see. God. It's even... Yep. It's, they've just made a sculpture of his really bad drawing, haven't they? It looks a UFO in the form of a butt plug. So, so what, did, what did he see good. then? Like, if we accept it's that it's a... Mock -up. It's a so what did he actually? No, I know that's I know that's what he says. He, but so what did he actually see something, or is he just making that a bit up out of whole cloth? Do you think you can drink that? said he basically saw that. So that's what we got there. So <clears> look at it from another angle. If we go to the next picture, there. Go to the next one. Oh, that makes more sense. So it looks like an oil, yeah, basically. Saw. Yeah. I think, oh, a butt plug. And if you go to the next picture as well, we can see, you can see a close-up there. There's a Karen woman uh, with the UFO. She doesn't like it, and she wants to speak to the manager to get it removed. So that's <laughs> what... Uh, want to speak, I want to speak to your manager. Yeah. They were faced. And for the people at home, let's go on to the next picture, and we can just see... And there we go. A bit Keep of, watching uh, the skies. Keep watching the skies, so... Can we learn from this? <coughs> Here we go. Uh, incident. Yanks are stupid. That's what we can learn from this. <laughs> oh, Jim Cook says giant alien lemon squeeze. <laughs> I think the other thing we, we can all learn from this is back in the 80s, there wasn't much to do, so you had to make your own entertainment. <laughs> there, were, there were three TV three TV channels and one of them was shit. Just, so. just think if they just think yeah. if they'd had if they'd have had Candy Crush, you, you never would have had the uh, Rendell Rendell show off incident, would you? No, you wouldn't. Uh, all there was to do was go to the Starscope bar. <laughs> the Starscope bar. All there was all there was to do was just to prank the prank your local dumb yank. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> These people—they look like I think I think fucking Bilko had it more together than they did. They're like they're, they're like Mikhail, Mikhail's uh, army, aren't they? Oh, we've oh, learned a lot. Learned a lot there tonight, haven't we? From that, so. <laughs> I've learned that if ever you're bored, you could just take the piss out of the Yanks. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. You, if you are bored, go down to your local army base and just troll them because they're thick as shit. With a, with a, with a torch. And... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're all done. Did you want to do? Uh, did you, do you want to do some unexplained mysteries, or do you want to call it there? I'll well, oh. we've got that. We can have a look at that UFO uh, clip from Fox News, maybe. Okay. We're going, we're going uh, where's that on Twitter? Is UFO. it? They sent it to you on Twitter, yeah. yeah Got a right, bit UFO crazy it. tonight, so. Yeah, why not? We'll do a bit extra. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that does actually look like a weather balloon, doesn't it? <laughs> that uh, that clip. You're all turning into sceptics. What, like Sargon? <clears throat> Well, next you'll be saying, oh, well, swamp gas over Venus is a perfectly Yeah, but Hobbit, you've got to see this. It does actually look like a weather balloon. 
No, if I close my eyes, I can still pretend it happened. Meantime, UFO sightings in New York have nearly doubled since the pandemic began, and we are getting new video from the Navy showing pyramid-shaped objects flying in the sky. Brian Yenis is live for us in Brooklyn, New York. Brian, good morning. Ah, uh, yeah. Trace, good morning. This extraordinary video and images of unidentified flying <coughs> objects or UFOs were leaked to investigative reporter Jeremy Corbell and investigative reporter George. He's got a weird this voice. Night vision video purportedly shows. No, he's America. What do you expect? UFOs yeah. Flying over the USS Russell off the coast of California in July of 2019. At one point, these UFOs reportedly hovered just. So why is it flicking, flickering like that? Do they not? Do they have trouble focusing or something, Hobbit? Or is that? What do you think that's pulsing? I think it's because it's rotating. When it does, it reflects. Intended to educate officials about unidentified crafts flying. That one looks like a weather balloon. These cell phone photos taken. Those last ones look like curses. So I think that proves we're in a simulation. That's God's cursor. <laughs> the metallic blimp and another called the sphere a department of defense spokesperson said quote i can confirm that the referenced photos and videos were taken by navy personnel the unidentified aerial phenomena task force has included jesus christ they need to they need to sort that out a bit don't they that acronym is not working for them is it no it doesn't says came from the uss omaha showing a ufo diving into the ocean and disappearing that is an that's not a UFO, that's a USO. Dumb yank. Operating these technologies are far more advanced. Ah, but what about when it starts flying? Then it's a UFO. We need to find out the intent. No, if it goes into or comes out of the water, then it's a USO. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought they called them UAPs these days. Oh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Yeah. Thank you. There's that. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, that is one I, I wanted to cover, and um, I don't remember whether I... That's the problem. My friend said, oh, I like that 14 words you did. And I said, oh, which one? Oh, the one when you talk about this. I was like, I'm sorry, I have no recollection of what I do on these shows. Which one? Uh, all of them. <laughs> I know I did one about about flat Earth because that seems to have got people's uh, heckles up. And um, yeah, the, I, no. yeah, and, and that was quite well received that episode, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think they they want me to pursue it further and and do a bit more research on it. Yeah. Um, that was the general gist I got from it. But apart from that. Um, yeah, I don't remember yet. Which, to be honest, is quite good because it means I can listen back to them a year from now and just go, "Oh, this is interesting." Uh, a man, a man in Indonesia has made the rather unusual decision to name his newborn son after his workplace. Uh, so, picking a name for your child can be a challenge. Blah 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 blah. Hey, it, it, is, it isn't. It isn't clear how statistical or Mr. Communication Office is likely to react later in life upon really realising the absurdity of this moniker. I was just re-watching Idiocracy last night, mm. and like, nearly everyone there is named after like, so like, like Dr. Lexus, Herbert mm. Camancho, Mountain Dew Johnson. Yeah. Uh, there's people went to Costco University. Oh, have you seen this one, Hobbit? Could the warp drive actually become a reality? 
Oh, okay. What are they saying about it this time then? Uh, or why have they spoke about it before then? Have they? Uh, uh, yeah. Closest star to Earth is Proxima Centauri. Blah blah blah. If humanity ever wants to travel easily between stars, people will need to go faster than light. But so far, faster than light travel is possible only in science fiction. So uh, it's not possible. Yeah. Uh, warp drives are theoretically possible if still far-fetched technology. Two recent papers made headlines in March when researchers claimed to have overcome one of the many challenges that stand between the theory of warp drives and reality. But how do these theoretical warp drives work? And will humans be making the jump to warp speed anytime soon? Well, you've just said no. Um, so what if a starship could compress space in front of it while expanding space-time behind it? Star Trek took this idea and named it the Warp, warp Drive. Uh, in 1994, Miguel Alcubierre, a Mexican theoretical physicist, showed that compressing space-time in front of the spaceship while expanding behind it was mathematically possible within the laws of general rel relativity. Uh, All right, quite make, make some practical technology. Oh no, I'm I'm just a theoretical bullshit artist. Yeah, you need an actual engineer to turn this into viable technology. Yeah. So Al Cubier's warp drive. I'm skimming this because it is really wordy. Uh, would work just call by, him Speedy Gonzalez or Brainy yeah. Gonzalez. Uh, would work by creating a bubble of flat space time around the spaceship and curving space time about. Yeah, how? Well, I can make shit uh, well, up. Why aren't I a th yeah. theoretical fucking physicist? I can make shit up. Well, because you haven't got a grant from the Mexican uh, Department of Bullshittery. Yeah. To, to, but anyway, come on, what's Brainy <coughs> Gonzalez's like, interesting thing of, oh, theoretically it's possible to compress space-time. Okay, theoretically <coughs> it's possible for my fist to go in your face. Uh, to, to create negative energy, a warp drive would use a huge amount of mass oh, yeah, to create an imbalance. Let's yeah. just, you know, we'll assume we know negative energy and just, you know, you can go to uh, RS components and get some negative energy capacitors. Yeah. yeah. For example, yeah. if an electron and anti-electron appear near the warp drive, one of the particles will get trapped by the mass and this results in an imbalance. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, an anti-electron? I thought we yeah. were calling them positrons. What? I thought they were, is, I thought they were uncle the, electrons. You, you know, I'm going to look now and see... Uh, what is the difference between positron and anti-electron? Because there is something called... Uh, so Speedy Gonzalez doesn't know the difference between an, an electron and a positron, then? What is the difference between a positron and an electron? But they don't say about... I think it's just... That, that's just a bullshit term. I think whoever wrote this article doesn't realise that the term for anti-electron is positron. Can't, and you, just, you, can't, can't you just discover an anti-mass thing that gets rid of the mass of the spaceship? I mean, basically... So if you have a mass and an anti-mass in the same place, then your spaceship doesn't exist, so you can go quick. Well, you, there you go, I can yes. make this stuff up. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you, if you can like theoretically, like invent, yeah, yeah, if you can yeah. theoretically, spaceship doesn't exist. Yeah, you can theoretically invent some magic and just like yeah. magic it there. But now, yeah. what you're describing, Hemi, is is theoretically known as an inertia drive. And yeah. if you can get rid of the inertia, you can infinite acceleration, yeah. and then you can just go anywhere you want. Yeah. 
Uh, so um, anyway, in 1999, Chris, physicist Chris Van den Breck, uh, it's some South African Dutch thing, uh, showed that expanding the volume inside the bubble, bubble but keeping the surface area constant would reduce the energy requirement significantly. Oh, that's all right then. So all you got to do, Hobbit, is just expand the volume inside the bubble but keep the surface area constant. Yeah, so all you've got to do is engineer some magic, and then yeah. you can magic, 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 magic. <laughs> yeah. This, Just, uh, how, how much of the, uh, of the cucaracha is, uh, uh, <laughs> no, marijuana is, has Brainy Gonzalez been smoking? I don't know. Uh, two recent papers by Alexi Bobrick and Gianni Matire Eric Lentz provide solution, provide solution that seem to bring warp drives closer to reality. Hey, uh, Hemi, shall we... Shall we quit our day jobs and become theoretical physicists? Because yeah, I'll become one. Yeah. The path for entry isn't too great, is it? It's how, imagine, it's how much imagination you have. That's it. Oh, mate, mate. I, I tell you what, if, if I oh, had the marijuana... Yeah, you, you sceptic hobbit. Because Bob, Rick and Matt have, re have realised that by modifying space-time within the bubble in a certain way, they can remove the need to use negative energy. This solution, oh, though, does not produce warp drive that can go faster than life. light. Oh, 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 yeah, you know, back back to the drawing board on that one, guys. Yeah. Independently, Lentz... Seems legit. Oh, then. Seems legit. <laughs> <laughs> Independently, Lentz also proposed a solution that does not require negative... Oh, so you don't need uh, antitrons or whatever they're called. Uh, he used a ge different geometric approach to solve the equations of general relativity. And by doing so, he found that a warp drive wouldn't need to use negative energy. So he just made up the the the, 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 the no need to use energy energy do you know what See, this that's what they should have done in the first time oh the problem is that negative energy is really you know you need a lot of mass to use it well i'll just invent it that we don't need it <laughs> that's do basically you know what, all you this, do what this actually reminds me of have you ever seen those things like we got like kids and they're play acting war and they come up with rules for like what their magic yeah. staff does and it's like yeah. oh well i've got anti-magic armor yeah. oh well i've got a spell which renders your anti-magic armor useless <laughs> oh yeah well i've got an amulet which works against your spell <laughs> oh yeah well i've got a talisman which works against your amulet my spell power is infinity plus yeah. one yeah yeah oh, well, i've got infinity plus two <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh, they're talking about magic and, and talking about we're speaking of magic they're talking about magic and <laughs> magic underwear in uh, <laughs> in the thing well you might as well aren't you if you ma if you have magic pants on there's no need for the uh, oh oh why not oh look at this after, after uh, this is uh this is Ian BTFO'd. Another Rendlesham UFO photo has emerged. Ian, you liar. Prepare to <laughs> eat that. humble pie, Ian. Yes. Yeah, I really do need I really do need to go for a pee, Hobbit. Can you read this one? Um give us the link in in the general and something I'll Yeah, <laughs> I should do it. I'll just, uh, just doing it now. <laughs> Just put it in general. Yeah, just you. just make sure just make sure Ian gets a really good BTFO in. Yeah, yeah. He's done. Uh, it, it, where, where where is this article? Uh, on, it's, it's in general oh, now. There we go. There we go. And make sure to have a look at that advert, by the way, whilst going away. 
Ah, a retired police officer has come forward to reveal his... So a retired police man has come forward. For his coastal county near Woodbridge, Woodbines, in December 1980. Uh, let me take you back to the 26th of December 1980, a day that would ultimately change and ruin my life forever. It was a bitter cold night. Was it dark and stormy night? And as a serving policeman, I was on duty. I was attending to report for possible domestic disturbance argument in the town of Woodbine, Woodbridge, sorry, located in Suffolk, seven miles northeast of Ipswich in the east of England. I was roughly about a quarter of a mile away from Woodbridge when, for no apparent reason, my police radio was suddenly swamped with interference. Static electricity and crackling noises started to emerge from it. I, I'm not sure how you noticed static electricity started to emerge from it. So I decided to pull my vehicle over to the side of the road and see if I could figure out what the problem was. No sooner than had I stopped, the vehicle there was an intensely... No, let me repeat this. No sooner than I had stopped, the vehicle that there was... Is it, is it another really well-written article? Is it, it? It, it could do with a couple of commas and punct... Is there a rationing on, like, punctuation and commas? <laughs> no sooner than I had stopped the vehicle, there was an intensely bright flash of green light that lit up the whole interior of the car like a Christmas tree. Green one, then. Not sure what to make of what just happened. I got out of the car to see if I could possibly figure out what caused it. Not really expecting to see anything, I was completely shocked to discover a huge, green-whitish, glowing, illuminated, phosphorescent disc saucer-shaped craft hovering directly above me in the sky. Oh, look, there's a comma. It was incredible and <laughs> the unbelievable. The spotted but... comma you've, you found one of you up. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, good, I can take a breath in the middle of the sentence. It was an incredible and unbelievable but frightening spectacle to witness. My skin started to tingle and the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. The saucer was huge, slowly rotating, and was making a quiet, soft, whirring noise. As a policeman, I always carried a Polaroid camera in the boot of the police vehicle okay. whenever on driving <laughs> duties. Oh, okay, no, that makes sense. It's just something that I did. I rushed to the boot and obtained my camera. I fired off three shots, and then I used my camera. I don't think I you can. I don't think you can fire off three shots with a Polaroid, can you? Well, well, uh, he did. I okay. then stood there, somewhat shaken, and continued to view this object. After what felt like an eternity, but was no more than just over a minute or so, the saucer suddenly and without when, warning. When he fired off three up, shots, it was more like click. Click, click, yeah. <laughs> so it weren't exactly firing yeah. off three shots, was it? When he, well, like a musket, you know, it just yeah. takes time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. After what felt like an eternity, was no more than just over a minute or so, the saucer suddenly, and without warning, soared up high into the night sky at breathtaking and phenomenal speed, and was literally gone and out of sight in a nanosecond. Wow. That's, that's very accurate. So how did he see it would, going up and into the night sky if it was out of sight in a nanosecond? Because his reflexes are just that sharp, Hemi. He's a policeman <laughs> officer. <laughs> I, was, I was left there standing thinking to myself, what the hell just happened? Two of the photos came up completely fogged and showed absolutely nothing. But luckily one came out almost perfect and showed off the saucer in all of it is glory. Uh, that, that's, that's redundant apostrophe there. That looks, like so, that, that looks like someone shining a torch through the bottom of a beer bottle. I, I, I have included that original and untouched Polaroid in my email. So the time of my sighting was precisely. How do you include a Polaroid photo into an email? 
I imagine the scan. Do you staple it? it? Do you staple it, it to it? <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I, I've, I've stapled this Polaroid to my monitor so you should see it in the female. How do you know if a, you've got a blonde secretary? This yeah. Tipex on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I've included you. Yeah, so precisely 1.55am. It really was like something out of a Star Trek movie. To be honest, words are inadequate. But he was in a police car. How was it like something out of Star Trek? If he was, in a pl- if he was on the spaceship, it'd be like something out of a Star Trek movie. Well, maybe it's in the Star Trek movie where they, they put... Maybe he's watching X-Files instead, I don't know. To be honest, words are inadequate to... Maybe it was like City... Is it City on the is it Edge of Forever where they go back in time to World War Two? Maybe it was like that Star Trek episode. Maybe it was like one of those episodes where they go back in time to 1980s England. I think it was probably more like a holodeck episode on Next Generation. You know that episode of Star Trek where they go back and like all the aliens are like mobsters because they've been watching a lot of uh, gangster films and it's like, oh yeah, this is how we should base our society. I don't think I've and, seen that. Uh, oh, it's pretty good because then like um, they magic up a way to white beam disperse the phaser on the ship, but rather than vaporizing everyone just to give them like a light stunning. And then Kirk manages to convince them that they're the biggest, meanest mob bosses around, so they better start shaping up, otherwise they'll come over and like uh, vaporize their kneecaps. Um, so, oh, were they uh, like a metaphor for the Chinese government? <laughs> I, 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 just, I, just, I just kind of imagine like Kirk as the mob bot and the Federation. It's like, yeah, the Federation are the mob. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so it's like, see, we're going to be doing things our way, see? And if you don't like it, see? Then we're going to Me? kill you, see? See? Um, you dirty rat. Was my... what's, that, what's that from Angels in Dirty... Angels with Dirty Faces? Dirty faces. Yeah. Keep the change, you dirty rat. <laughs> Keep the uh, change, you dirty rat. It really was like something out of a Star Trek movie. To be honest, where's we not to Oh, yeah, we said that bit. Well, it's, uh, it was a bit more. It was more like uh, something from Star Trek: The Original Series. We've gone over this already. And the color of the torso, it was like no other green I'd ever seen. The photo really doesn't do it justice. Don't get me wrong; it is a wonderful Polaroid, but to so say it wasn't that green then. If it was like no green he's ever seen, it's probably not a green. Is it? Oh, let's not get down that rabbit hole. Uh, wonderful point. See the throbbing in the sky and the sheer size of it and the phenomenal speed at which it departed. There's a lot of throbbing going on in this forest. Yeah. And uh, the two simply don't compare. It was truly a mind-blowing experience that no photograph could ever capture. I had a very difficult time coming to terms with what I'd encountered on that December evening. Back then in 1980, there was no one to turn to and there was no Channel 4. It's not like it is today, what with the Channel 5. <laughs> this sounds like the Brutus Dude paragraph. Sounds like the Brutus Diary. <laughs> was that, was that Wait, green donut thing, the picture? That's the picture. It looks like is, something from like, the Green Lantern film. What yeah. I'm trying to say is... Uh, yeah, what I'm trying to say like is... That, it's not like it is today with the internet and the simple click of a few buttons. You're instantly online talking to support groups, etc. <laughs> it, it just wasn't like that back then. Plus, I never wanted to tell anyone anyway. I mean, would you? And especially being a serving police officer, man, it just simply wasn't an option. So I just found it way in the back of my mind and tried remember, to get on Remember, with my the ex police officer plan is ultimately a selfish plan of it. <laughs> yes. This that wasn't to be though. Soon after my encounter, I started suffering with anxiety and panic attacks and clinical depression. 
I suffered terrible and frightening nightmares also, and it wasn't long before things started to destroy my marriage. I took time off work, but it didn't help. All I did was drink myself into oblivion and sleep all day. And in, and in, a tra- and in, and in, a, and in, in the train car park, he saw this soy guy. <laughs> Eventually, I confided in my wife and decided to seek professional help. I ended up in therapy. I had a psychiatrist. I was antidepressants, and this whole UFO encounter turned my life upside down. And eventually, I had to leave because the he saw a green light. Oh no, I've seen a green light. Oh, I'm an alcoholic. Well, you really, there's, there's some people that are so rooted in reality that when they see something slightly uh, uh, extraordinary, it fro- <laughs> knocks them for six. Uh, so he's never worked a day, another day since. I've suffered with terrible physical and mental health problems. Oh, what a surprise! A copper on the sick. Oh, fucking killer me, killer me, fucking surprised. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I can't work another day since. Um, I don't know for the fact that all yeah, my all, health all of it, all of it, uh, all of it, completely paid with the uh, with the union backing him up. Yeah, of course. Um, <sighs> Have, so I wouldn't wish it on anyone, not even my worst enemy. That wasn't the end of it. I also received menacing and threatening telephone calls, even death threats a few weeks after my encounter. Well, you ain't fucking dead, I are you? Gee, what, fucking 30 years later and you're still not dead? It's like, yeah, you don't need to take them seriously then, do you? Um, so, uh, subject to an attempted arson attack, my wife believed at the time this was an attempt by someone to try and destroy my photographic evidence and intimidate me into keeping my mouth shut. It clearly was a very unsettling and frightening time. I can also tell you this also. Uh, Several days after my encounter, a very good friend of mine, who was a high-ranking senior police officer man, told me it was visited at home by three men claiming to be military intelligence. He said he was simply told, in no uncertain terms, that if anyone mentions the word UFO, then simply tell them that they probably saw the lighthouse. Oh, Ian, we're on to you. We're on to you now, Ian. Uh, yeah, Indian. yeah, we were trying, wrong there. We were trying to make us all skeptical. We're getting yeah. to the truth now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at look and at Ian telling us it's probably they, they probably saw the lighthouse. Ian, yeah, how'd you please? Must have and seen then, the lighthouse. Yeah, <laughs> definitely saw the lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> and simply told them that it was faulty at the time. He said they gave him other information, but he wouldn't disclose it to me. I've also heard quite a few strange tales from members of the public in the months that followed my UFO sighting. None of them were ever reported for fear of ridicule. That They may sound far-fetched to most people, but not to me, not after what I saw. One man told me on the 28th of December at three in the morning, he was woken by his dog barking furiously at the back kitchen door. He said he opened the door and there's a small glowing orb hovering above his back garden. He then saw the orb shoot off and the dog chased after it. Suddenly, it went silent, and when he got around the corner of his garden, the orb had fled, and all that was left of the dog was a gooey puddle. He claimed his dog had been vaporised. The, do- the, dog- the, could- the dog had the squits then, basically. Oh. The, 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 the dog had the squits it. and ran off, basically. He asked him if I reported it, and he just looked at me and laughed and asked me if I was mad. One woman told me on the 26th of December at half past two, she woke up and found herself in a forest, staring at a glowing pyramid surrounded by several small humanoid entities. Within seconds, she claimed she was suddenly in the back of a bed. I could tell you more incredible stories I heard, and maybe one day when I have more time... <laughs> do you know, do you know the, think... the, the Rendlesham Forest incident has made me more sceptical than anything. <laughs> anything I've encountered on this, the whilst making this programme. 
You're quiet, you. We're getting to the truth of the matter, and you're just like being Mr. Snopes here. I can't mention any names. That's because he threatened me in DMs. That's, ah, there we go. Yeah, yeah he's military intelligence. Yeah. It's all started coming, all coming I'm, a, I'm a man in black. Yeah. yeah that's so it. I used to want to believe in aliens. Now I want to believe in the FAS. <laughs> <laughs> For all those individuals out there who simply think that the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident was nothing more than a flying lighthouse SAS, or can you explain why someone rejects this explanation? Let me say this. My explanation is not ridiculous. Spare a thought for all of those who caught up in this. It was real. It happened. Fact. All caps. End of story. That's ridiculous. Not racist. Simple as. Yeah. Hopefully one day soon, and especially within my lifetime, I hope that all the information the government have, including photographic evidence, is released and made available to the general public, as we all have a right to know the facts and truth as to what really happened in Rendlesham Forest. I can't mention any names or say too much, but a very trusted source told me that there are still many witnesses to come forward with their evidence. That person also told me that everyone thinks that the visitors were looking for nuclear weapons. They told me that this is complete nonsense, and the true explanation is the visitors had boots on the ground and were doing something in the forest. It's still unknown, and one of their team was captured, killed, buggered, sorry, bagged and tagged by the military and shipped out to a secret location for analysis and to be studied. And, <laughs> and, then, he was, and then he was buggered. And, then buggered yeah. after he was and that's the reason the visitors were seen on several days, at one point shining beams of light down as they were obviously looking for one of their own. Makes perfect sense when you think about it. Why would a biologically and technologically advanced race of extraterrestrials, capable of interstellar and probably intergalactic space, a citation needed, be interested in such things? That would be like NASA suddenly releasing a statement expressing their interest in caveman technology. I'll leave you all with this thought. Those who uh, speak do not know. But when, those but when who you know, do think, do when you, but when you do think about it, how is it that, uh, that a biologically and te technologically advanced race, how can, how can they not find one of their own? What, why is it they used all of the toilet paper in one day? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there's a addendum at the end. As, there's an update from the author, author as well. Oh, after this. oh, okay. I was going to say there's five exclamation marks after Chris. Those who speak do not know. Those who do not speak, five exclamation marks. So he doesn't know then? Uh, well, uh, ah, ah. <laughs> don't, don't persecute him with his own logic there. I see what you're trying to do. Oh, the addendum. Just what I mentioned, I got a reply back from well-known UFO researcher, and he told me that he has the Polaroid photograph looked at by an expert using the same software and technology that the FBI and CIA photo forensics experts use for analysis. He told me it came back as clean as a whistle, completely untouched, not even one pixel. Well, he had, well, he had it checked. He had he had a scan of a, <laughs> of a Polaroid and if it was a manipulated image, that software would have detected it. He yeah. said that this is one of the best he's ever seen. So, I, you know what? There the is something about that. The fuck can you see that? It's just a green round thing. You know, the one thing I, I remembered on when I got a mention on the Doxys channel was uh, they're saying there mm. is software which will detect if an image has been photoshopped. I'm mm. like, how do you do that? I, d I don't know, you see. So I'm, mm. I'm, I'm interested in this dark art. Yeah. Something else he pointed out, which I have never seen or noticed in all the years of looking at that photo, was that he told that the clouds were actually in front of the saucer, which would make it very high up and massive. 
and would be impossible to fake with a Polaroid camera. I thought I would so, update you. So that, that there is very, very high up. Uh, I haven't looked at this photo. Yeah. Oh, By the on. way, Polaroid uh, cameras don't have any kind of focus or zoom. Um, I mean... I'm trying to believe, we, but they just won't let me. I I'm I completely got flickered past this. I mean, I looked at this <coughs> thing. I didn't realise this was the actual photo. That's the photo. I mean... When you were saying that someone with like a, a beer bottle and a light, I could be like, yeah, that, mm. that's what it looks like. Yeah. Because I can even see like the indentation of where, you know, where beer bottles go in to give a bit of yeah. extra mechanical stability. Yeah. So you, you're telling me this, this is not a beer bottle or it is a beer bottle? <laughs> well, it's way up in the sky, cockpit. according to this guy. I don't know what to cockpit believe. It must be in the middle. The middle is the cockpit, isn't it? With the. Or it's an engine, or I don't know. I don't know what to believe. You, you guys are alien, making me sceptical, and I dislike. You. Yeah, it's a bottle stuck alien, up an alien's ring, ass. Ring piece. Yeah, ring piece. Aliens abducted my. So, 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 bearing in mind uh, a Polaroid camera doesn't have any focus or zoom. Something else he pointed out, which I've never seen or noticed in all the years of looking at the photo, was that the clouds are actually in front of the saucer. Well, all right. Um, where do you see that? Why, why don't you believe him? Because well, it doesn't make What's sense. Wrong? Well, that's that's because you you're just an uneducated oik and you don't yeah. you don't know anything. Why you don't believe him? Because you're just jealous that nothing interesting's ever happened to you. See, yeah. I, I remember Polaroid photos being all grainy and shitty and. And they were always kind of like brownie. They they were never that quality, were they? Yeah, and that's just like photos of your family or whatever. But no, you're telling me that's a photograph. What is not professionally in the lab, and it doesn't look good. Yeah, so, say it ain't so. <laughs> say it ain't so. <laughs> and yeah, Dom Dominic Corrigan said, "If that's a Polaroid photo, Captain Smith is the world's best liner skipper." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hobbit, I think that's, you... think that's a photo created in a lab. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, have you seen? Have you seen this one? Could this be the Rendlesham Forest UFO? I don't think we'll read all of this. Um, Back in 1980, Mum lived in Suffolk. I mean, that just looks like uh, fog, uh, fog lights on top of a fucking truck, don't it? Or a tractor or something. That's something out lamping, isn't it, I think? <laughs> lamping? Yeah, lampings when you go out and uh, with a lamp and go shooting rabbits. Rabbit hunting, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And you do it with a lamp? Yeah. Okay. That term makes a bit more sense now. Yeah. Oh dear. So this is this is about someone's mum. What what's going on? Why why is Rendlesham Forest all of a sudden back in the news again? Does ah, anybody know? Because Vincent Furkettle's got a book to sell you. <laughs> That's so weird. I mean, last year I bought it just because it's like, oh, I like it. Because it has nice photographs in it, and it talks all about different sort of words, and it's quite quite romantic in its own way. And it's like, oh, this makes a nice cosy fire, and this smells good when it's burning, and yeah. Mm. 
Interesting. So, it, turn, it turns out he was involved in the Rendlesham case. So. Completely unconnected. Yeah. So do uh, you think do you think uh, lamping is ethical? Uh, I don't actually know what goes on. All on because that what's the purpose of the lamps? Is that to daze the rabbits, isn't it, or something? Yeah, they startle them and then they shoot them. I think yeah. to ethically kill a rabbit, you should be completely in the dark, naked, and you have to like catch it and strangle it. <laughs> well, you you could do it that way, but I mean, surely when you startle it, it means it's less likely to bolt. Surely the fairest, like... surely the fairest way, fairest way, but you just send a load of yank soldiers out to kill it, and the, you know the the the, the rabbit's got a, fight, a fighting chance. Then even if they have got machine guns, because they ain't never going to find it, are they? They're like real life stormtroopers. <laughs> real life stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Dimitri says uh, Rensham Forest is Hemi Secret Shack. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Uh, yeah, it's got you can't some, read after that the, out, can you? There's a, the, 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 the chat are getting very excited that they've been allowed, uh, you know, that they've been unjannied. <laughs> they've been let <they've> <laughs> out from under the yoke of Janny Cat. <laughs> Do we the, do the announcement here, or do we on the Sunday or Tuesday show that? Uh, I will do it on the, the Sunday uh, show. Yeah, the censorship is over. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I look at my muted list, and <laughs> boy, boy, it was one hell of a muted list. Yeah, it's like I don't remember censoring all these people. Yeah, right. So <laughs> that's us done. I'm sure Ian's got a bed to go to. So. Nine o'clock, what are you, five years old? Nine o'clock, two-hour show. Oh, but... Oh, yeah. Well, two I'm, hours... I'm on night shift. I'm going to be up all night tonight. Oh, right, OK. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. You're going to go over to Rendlesham, are you, and go, <laughs> go and wind the Yanks up? Dealer, my dealer has disappeared, so that's that buggered. So I is that know. is that is that the real real reason that that, that they left that they left Woodbridge because they couldn't take it anymore? Is that why? I think so. Operation banter the Yanks until they leave. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, what, I'd, I'd love that's, to what they, that's what they need to do. Just wind the Yanks up until they leave. That's all they need to do. I, I I really hope we get to see like some declassified SES memoirs of this is when I <laughs> wound up the Americans and got them to believe in UFOs. Maybe maybe it's going to be uh, going to be in uh, in Andy McNabb's third memoir the, the time he wound up the Yanks in Rendlesham Forest. <laughs> My dad was like this as well. He said, uh, "Well, we're still streaming, are we?" Uh, yeah, I was, I'm just winding up. Oh. But... Okay, I'll, I'll I'll save that story for off the air. Then. Oh, okay, then right. So I'll, so I'll say night all, night all. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Uh.